0: Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at UniteChurchAK.org. Now, enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you today, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. We declare your kingship and your lordship, O oh God. Over our lives, O oh God, and over this church, O oh God. We declare your kingship and your lordship over Anchorage, God, and over Alaska and over the nation for such a time as this, O oh God. Even as we came, O oh God, bowing down before you this morning, O oh God, we continue to bow down low before you, O oh God. We thank you and we praise you, O oh God. That. Tailut and Huanganiata put a high un, egay luta un noma Christusak, go yumpt and check not back put a high Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank Pastors Josh and Joni. And the leadership team for inviting me to minister this morning. And I want to honor my husband, Robert, who is a man of integrity, wisdom, and security in who he is in allowing me to be who I am today. And so we just thank God for all of the leadership team of Unite. We honor and we bless them today. And it's good to see all of your wonderful faces this morning. God is good, amen. Yeah. He is so, give him a praise offering. He is so good. He is so, so good today. Thank you, Lord. I've been asked to speak on discerning false prophets. Yay! <laughs> But to do this, we need to lay some groundwork and and a foundation by defining what is discernment. And we also need to know where there is a false, there is also a true. This message is very important in this day and age. Why? Because every newborn and upcoming ministers want to stand in the front line and say, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, as soon as they are called into ministry without realizing the cost that it takes to become one. And with that, I do want to honor Apostle Dick Strutz for all of the years that he's been here cultivating the presence of the Lord and declaring that Anchorage is a Christian. Christian city. Amen. It is no, uh, not will be is. And we need to declare those things that are not as though they are. It is time to use our voices and the word of the Lord to de- declare and decree like never before. Amen. And so Webster's define discernment as the ability to judge which things of a particular kind are good and which are bad, to recognize or identify as separate or distinct or right from wrong. Sounds easy enough, doesn't it? Let's put that uh, picture up of our two $20 bills. Discern or decipher which one is true and which one is false? Probably none of us. According to the natural eye, it's always hard to discern something in the natural. Unless you have a banker, like I believe Bill was here, unless you have a banker who has been trained to discern which is true and which is false. And so that is what it means to have discernment. Hebrews uh, 5.14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is by those who by reason of use have exercised to discern both good and evil. And so discernment is not a gift of suspicion. We've had enough of that in the body of Christ. (laughs) Gifts are given, fruit is grown through the heat of battles, trials, and testings of life. And we gain wisdom and discernment by the things that we suffer if we choose to allow it to do its work in us. So discernment is also grown By spending time with the Lord daily, by applying ourselves in the Word of God, by praying and communing with the Lord daily, it's not just Lord, bless me today as I go about my day. No, uh, discerning true from false, actually you can gain that by spending time with the Lord. Thereby your spirit man grows. You know, when you become a Christian, you're, you're, you're a baby Christian and you have to start growing in the Lord. I know that this is basic in saying this, but I'm building, I'm going somewhere here. We have to apply ourselves daily in the word, apply ourselves daily communing with God and not only a one-way conversation. A one-way conversation is religion. Two-way conversation is a relationship where you wait for him to speak to you and with you. Amen. And then it is also being filled. Allow yourself to be filled and transformed by the word of God. Being filled with his Holy Ghost and fire. I mean, that is, I mean, that is the S. I could stop right there and just stop and pray in the Holy Ghost. We are a Holy Ghost filled church. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God. God, for this Holy Ghost. He he is about to release some fresh fire. I am telling you right now. Thank you, Lord. So discernment is practice training your senses. Pay attention to that gut feeling. It's a knowing on the inside of you. And as you practice, you will be able to accurately discern false prophets from true. But you know you actually have to discern yourself first and discern the little things first, because it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. And uh, let me give you an example. Um, About maybe eight years ago or so, I got woken up in the middle of the night, which is pretty frequent. (laughs) I got woken up in the middle of the night, and I sensed danger around the house. And so I started looking out the windows, and with my natural eye, I couldn't see anything. And as I began walking around, it seemed like, oh, well, maybe maybe that was just me. But as I began to walk, and as I started walking towards the bedroom, that discernment, that that sense got stronger in my spirit, man. And so I started praying for the neighborhood and praying for whatever is going on, you know, and, 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 and then as I looked back out the front window, I could see across the street that a flame of fire just shot straight up behind our neighbor's house. And then, of course, I yelled to Robert to wake up and call 911. And as soon as he did that, he ran across the street and kept pounding on the neighbor's door to try to wake him up, but he wouldn't wake up. And finally, the, the uh, firemen came, and they all rushed to his, his door almost beat the door down, and ended up dragging the man out. He was passed out, and he was smoking fish, and his gas had had just exploded in the back of his house. And then the firemen said that if he, they hadn't got there at that right time, that he would have, you know, got burnt up in the fire. But that is how, you know, sometimes you will have that sense of, you know, something it's that gut feeling it's that knowing begin to pay attention to uh that more and more and as you're faithful in the little things he'll cause you to be faithful in much and so um so with that um what do we do with discernment and this is very basic I'm but we need to hear this and people ask me all the time, what do we do? Well, go to the Lord. Ask Him, take it to the Lord, or go to a trusted leader. But now that we've established what discernment is, let's look at what it is to discern a false prophet. So turn with me to 1 John 4, 1 through 6. And I really like the uh, the Passion Translation. <laughs> I mean, it just breaks it down. I love it when things are explained with passion, you know, and the fullness. That's just who I am. So starting at verse 4, it says, Delightfully loved friends. Aren't you so glad that Jesus would call you his friend? Because we are not only his children, but his friends and his family. He's always looking out for us. Don't trust every spirit, but carefully examine what they say to determine if they are of God. Because many false prophets have mingled into the world. Here's the test for those with the genuine spirit of God. They will confess Jesus as the Christ who has come in the flesh Everyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is already active in the world. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is living in the world. They belong to this world and they articulate the spirit of this world. The world listens to them, but we belong to God, and whosoever truly knows God listens to us. Those who refuse to listen to us do not belong to God. That is how we can know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceit. So what are the signs of a false prophet? How are they living their lives? Are they living according to the values of the word Or the world? Are they controlling? Are they self-seeking? Are they self-promoting? Fear-based and or manipulative? This really has little to do with whether someone's word comes to pass or not. Really. We have based a lot on who a prophet is by how great they can prophesy or how great their gift is. We have actually glamorized the gifts of the Holy Spirit over the office of a true prophet. The American church has diminished the gifts Uh, or has diminished the office of the prophet over the gifts. We have glamorized the gifts, and we have idolized the gifts. You know, psychics can prophesy. Witches can prophesy. The devil knows the word, and he can give the word. The Lord is going to have us to mature in this area. You know, it has more to do with the character and the motives of the heart. Do they use their gifts to manipulate or find a place for themselves? And unchecked, it can become witchcraft. I'm talking about false prophets, okay? And the way we can discern false prophets is if they refuse wise counsel, they don't have accountability and don't walk in love. Their gift actually will become tainted. Again, it's not so much about whether a word is accurate or not, because psychics can give accurate words too. I mean, you can. there's a number. <laughs> I'm not promoting it. <laughs> but I'm giving you a point here. They just do it with a false spirit. Any word that does not lead to Jesus Christ or lead you to a closer relationship with Jesus is false. Amen. And Matthew seven fifteen sixteen 16 says, Beware of false prophets. Those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruits. And I just explained to you what false prophets are, some of the traits. There's more, but I won't go into all of that right now, because I want to, I want to look into what a true prophet looks like as well. Because where there is a false, there is a where there is a false, there is a, amen. And so, turn with me to Ephesians four eleven through 15. If we can show that up on the screen. Thank you very much. In the Passion Translation, it says, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles. And there is a grace to be. these callings. There is a grace because if we are not called to it, we won't have the grace for it. We will not be able to walk in it because of the fiery trials and the, the weight of that gift, the weight of the office is so great that it will actually ruin us and break us. And he has appointed some with grace to be prophets, with grace to be evangelists, with grace to be pastors, with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all holy believers to do their own works of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Build up the body of Christ, not build their own selves up or their own ministry up, but the body of Christ. And these grace ministries will function until we all, how many of us all, attain oneness in the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God to know the son of god oh how do we how long we have a longing don't we as children of god to know the son of god you know paul cried out for that oh to know him oh to know him in his sufferings oh to know him in his glory amen Those nasty words we don't like to hear. To know him in his sufferings and then to know him in his glory. Because why? We go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Saints, let's not stop and be satisfied with one glory. There is so much more that he has for us. Amen. Glory. He takes us. When you overcome every trial and test and tribulation, when you go through the sufferings, that is when you start to know him and his glory. And then he shifts you into the next glory. These are the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. The mysteries of the kingdom of God are being unlocked to us for this day in this age. Not to sit on a pew and warm it up and to do your checklist every week. No. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully develop in the abundance of Christ. In the abundance of Christ, he is so vast, he is so deep, he is so wide, and we've only tapped into it. We've only tapped into Christ. We've only tapped into the mysteries of Christ. Amen. And then look with me to 14. It is so good. Oh, my <laughs> It is so good. Are you feasting today at the kingdom table? Are you feasting at the kingdom table today? Amen. I mean, we got some steaks laid out for you. We got some shrimp laid out for you. We got some muktak laid out for you. We got some akuttak and 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 for the uh we got salad too for the grass eaters. <laughs> so verse 14 says and then our immaturity will end and then we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers or false prophets who teach clever lies clever you know That slew foot is clever. He's so clever. He studies us and our weaknesses. Oh, don't let me go there. Okay. Stay on track, Eleanor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But instead, but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper, where? Into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. And we are the ecclesia, the church with Christ being the head and the apostles and prophets are the mere foundation of Christ Jesus who is the head of the church. We are not, he is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you can tell a true prophet now that cultivates the church into a deeper relationship with Christ. And as a result, atmospheres and environments are impacted with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. True prophets challenge legalism and religiosity, rules and regulations that lead to a powerless, weak church. But we are not that weak church because we are hungering and thirsting after more of Christ and his Holy Spirit and we are shifting and moving from glory to glory even through a prayer-filled life and you can tell a true prophet who prays and communes with God They have the attributes of Holy Spirit. And they are worshipers of God. It's not that they do everything right or perfect because they are mere human beings. But even when they challenge legalism and religiosity, they don't do it manipulatively because they are also in, in relationship and in order to the leaders of the church. This is very important. As you're growing in your prophetic gift or in growing in any gift, you are in submission, that nasty word that we don't like to preach about anymore. I tell you what, in my early days we were in boot camp. (laughs) Don't let me go there. (laughs) But they are in right relationship to the leaders of the house. True prophets are more concerned about the kingdom of God and his righteousness rather than being politically correct. And there are times when the Lord challenges us in that. True prophets also give warnings, not with pointing their bony little finger either. They give corrections and directions that point only to Jesus. And it's in love and because of love. The making of a true prophet and apostles takes years. Through much dying, yielding, submitting, and accountability. First in our homes. First in our homes, in our relationship with our spouses. I'm not telling you something I have not had to do. And believe me, it was hard. (laughs) Because I'm a fighter and a lover. (laughs) The Lord has tamed me down over the years. (laughs) And so those that are called let me go back they have died to the fear of man and that's a process it's a process there is a time when i you know when i first got saved i knew i was called into the ministry but i didn't go and grab i didn't go and i didn't go and grab it because it was hard for me to speak in English at first. And my biggest fear was I would get up there and I would speak backwards English. And I, I was telling some people last night when I first moved to Anchorage, and I didn't know anything about mowing lawns. And I would say, Honey, are you going to go lawn the mow? <laughs> So I was afraid when I got, you know, get up to prophesy or whatever, because, you know, when I got saved, I mean, it was like a, it was like fire in my belly. I mean, that fire that could not be quenched. When I'd get up to preach or, you know, we started off back in the day, we started in the in, you know, ministry of cleaning the bathrooms. Whew! That's where we started. That was a good, don't let me go there. But before, it's old school, but it was good school, sister. Whew! Oh, my goodness. Before I would get up to prophesy, I'd have to go to the bathroom and I get sick because, I mean, you know, that it was, to me, I considered it holy. Holy to be able to get up and prophesy. Now it's almost like popping popcorn. Anyway, Lord Jesus, help me. We love the gifts, but the office, it's a holy calling. It's a holy calling. And you will know, a lot of it is you've died to man, the fear of man, and it's a process. You die to the love of money. You die to mammon and the accolades of man. And you die to platforms. And you will know these things no longer has a hold on you Because the greater hold is the upward call in Christ Jesus. And those that are called to the office of prophet need to be willing again to die to self, yield, submit, and to be held accountable. Because there is a right order in the kingdom of God and it's not confusion. (laughs) A lot of what's going on today in the American, generally in the American church, is a lot of confusion. Amen. And the traits of a prophet is they are not limited to personal words. You know, I find that I don't give as many words as I used to. They're not limited to personal words. That's where the gift of prophecy comes in. And I won't go into all that teaching. There's a lot I could teach on and, and speak on this because it's, it's kind of a passion of mine. Oh, I could tell you some stories. Oh, my Lord. But they also prophesy into regions, into cities, into nations, and even into presidential elections. In 2015, Robert and I were invited to go down and minister in Florida. And after we got done ministering, I'll give you another example. After we got done ministering, you know, all weekend long, we're there morning, noon, and night. And we had one day to go to the beach so we were driving to Naples Florida and it started pouring down and raining like cats and dogs and you know and you know i, I i'm not completely 100% um so what did I do? I started complaining. Man, God, we've been ministering all weekend long and you you know, we just want to go to the beach just one day, God. I mean just one day. You know, and and I was going on and and Robert was just sitting there quietly like he usually is and you know, <laughs> and I'm just going on and complaining to the Lord and and um and then and then somehow Something just shifted in the atmosphere. I started praying in tongues. You know, if you haven't gotten your heavenly language yet, here am ambo cordial and yasate, here amando mando and yasate, oh shiki lamando cordial and yasate, here la cassate. I went into an open vision. This was October of 2015, and all 17 candidates of a very good run-up of candidates. I mean, we thought, "Oh yeah, that one's gonna win." Now that one's gonna. Oh we. Oh the. He's a Christian. He's definitely gonna win. And then the Lord showed me. This is, just, this is just the vision, okay? I'm not trying to promote politics here. Because as a prophet, you, you know, it, you're, you're not political. You can't let the political spirit get on you. But, you, but also he sends dreams and visions. So I'm just going to say, this is my subject I'm teaching on today. So I go into this open vision and I see all 17 candidates and then I see one come forward and the Lord said, don't dismiss who I'm showing you as the next president like you did with the last one. I was like, He said, yes, because it's not about your political, it's not about, let's say my, it's not about my political preference. He shows you what he's going to show you, and you got to submit it to the Lord. So he showed it to me, and we prayed into it. So he does stuff like that sometimes. And, and, you know, uh, and then you, really a prophet functions at their highest potential when they're working with a healthy or other healthy apostles who are not threatened by their anointing, their authority, or their revelations. Apostles and prophets, I believe, are a marrying foundational um, offices, They can flow very well together. And they can actually, I mean, it's the foundational building, right? And the kingdom order gets set. When this is set in place, all the other gifts can get set in place. And not only that, miracles, signs, and wonders are supposed to follow us. When it's set in place, miracles, signs, and wonders will follow us. And I believe we are coming into this time now, not only in Unite, but in the church in America, where God has been resetting and redoing the church and getting it in right kingdom order. So that miracle signs and wonders can follow us. And it won't destroy us. And it won't ruin us. But if we don't have the right order in place, it will destroy us. And and when we have the right place in order, then we can sustain the next move of God. Because I'm telling you right now, there is a new move of God upon us. There is. Hallelujah. And it is upon us. Amen. Shout somebody. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And I know that there's been misuse and abuse in the office of the prophet and other leadership. I know that there has been. But in this present time in this new era God is raising up healthy accountable responsible humble truthful and a bold company of prophets whose appetite is not of this world but whose lives are fully committed and submitted to Christ Jesus himself and if you've been hurt by prophecy if you've been hurt by the office of prophets we want to take some time for you to come to the altars and let the Lord heal you. You know, it's an area where I needed to be healed in order to be used by God in a holy and healthy way as much as is within me at this time. None of us are perfect. But in order for us to flow in our gifts, we need to be healed. We need to let the Lord heal us and go to those areas and set us free. And not just forgive those who have misused us or abused us. But something that the Lord showed me in my area, in my life recently was there was a um, resentment I had a spirit of resentment towards leaders in my past forgiveness is one thing but resentment started manifesting itself in my body towards leaders And he said, there are many leaders and many in the body of Christ who needs healing, especially from the gift of prophecy. The very gift that's supposed to be edifying. The very gift that's supposed to be encouraging. The very gift that's supposed to be lifting up the body. I believe has been the one that has hurt the body the most. And so, I want to stand in the gap today and say, forgive us. Forgive the gift of prophecy. Forgive the gift and the office of prophets who have hurt you. I want to open up the altar today. Just let the Lord heal you. Let the Lord Take you into your next glory because there is a next glory that is awaiting you he wants to use you even in the gift of prophecy he wants to use you in your gift of healing because healing is gonna flow there's gonna be unprecedented healings and miracles there's a harvest that is waiting to come in. But if we're unhealed, we're going to actually be a stumbling block for them to come in. Even in our own hurt, and we don't realize it sometimes, or our own religiosity, we can keep them out. So the body of Christ needs healing. The world already knows where they're at. Do we know where we're at? So let's open our hearts because the word says it is the goodness of the Lord that draws us to repentance. God is teaching us how to accurately discern the true from the false and purpose-receiving true true prophecy will impact our lives. This will, this will help us to grow and mature in the unity of the faith and transform our families, our churches, our towns, our city, our state, and even our nation. So, as we move into worship, I would like to invite... You know that the prayer warriors will be up here at the end if you need additional prayer, but I really sense the Lord is saying that He wants to heal those of us who've been hurt by prophecy. Just come up to the altars, let him touch you, let him heal you and transform you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at UniteChurchAK.org. We hope to see you soon.